0: it.
1: You are very welcome to the Ireland's birth stories podcast. My name is Cora Gurnan. I created the space for women to share all of the details surrounding their pregnancy, labour, birth and everything in between, without feeling shy about the detail. Sit back and enjoy over 100 hours of birth stories told by you, the listeners. Enjoy. Hello, I hope you're all well and have had a good week. We've had a good week here in our house um, Oliver finished play school last week so we've just had really nice chilled out time. They've been in the garden, uh, the two of them 8 o'clock in the morning out in their pyjamas in the garden playing and I just feel like I'm getting stuff done, hanging out the washing, just doing the bits around the house and um, with a little bit more ease than before so I'm definitely grateful for that and it's nice to see them play together don't get me wrong they do absolutely knock the head off each other but when they play it's nice Um, so I also released the crew neck sweater, the birth nerd, um, podcast merch. So I will link that in the show notes. I love it. It's been in my head for ages. So I just said, oh sure, just do it and see how it goes. So I've been wearing it with pride. And my husband said to me to the other day, are you, is that all you're going to be wearing now? And I was like, yeah, this is, I'm just going to walk around. I'm going to get the birth nerd logo, just put on everything. So thank you for your support so far. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate your support with everything. Um, so on to this week's episode. So I'm sharing my chat with Ruth who talks me through her one pregnancy and the birth of her little girl Izzy. So Ruthanne and her husband were trying for nearly five years to conceive. They did visit a um a doctor after two years and she went went and did all the blood work and everything and everything came back fine. They were basically told just to keep trying, but they did decide to go down the holistic route. <laughs> holistic route? Route? Route. <laughs> oh god holistic route and thankfully so two years later, thankfully they did conceive their little girl and I'll let Ruthanne share all the details surrounding that. Ruthanne then talks to me about her labour and giving birth to her little girl. It wasn't what she expected and what she visualized and it wasn't what she wanted to experience. And again I'll let her share all of the details surrounding that but something that I think is really nice in this episode is she first of all highlights the struggles of fertility and that so many people go through this struggle but just feel that they can't chat about it and it wasn't until she opened up about her experience that she felt others could relate that they were also going through their own struggles. So I know Ruthanne is happy for anyone to reach out. I will tag her in the show notes if you want to chat with her directly. But I love um, the support that her partner gave her. Uh, Just uh, how she speaks about her partner is lovely. So at the very end she says she just loves how her husband looks at their daughter and in a video um, that I have just popped up on my Instagram page when Izzy first met her mum and her dad. You can hear her partner say, well done. And it's just so lovely. So enjoy this week's episode. I love chatting to Ann and I know you'll enjoy our chat too. So Ann, you're very welcome to the Ireland Birth Stories podcast. Thank you. I'm delighted. Do you want to just um, share a little bit about you and your family and then we'll talk about your experience?
2: Yeah, so I'm 33. Um, I'm living in uh Kildare and Kilcullen with my husband Shane. We've been here kind of five years. Um we've great kind of community and family and friends space spaces base here. And um we have a seven month-old girl, so I'm a first-time mum, uh, to baby Izzy. Um she's just been brilliant, the best thing that ever happened to us. And uh, I'm still sort of navigating my way around motherhood, but trying to <laughs> enjoy every minute um, and being mindful of every minute, but also, you know, still finding my way. So yeah. um, I kind of come from a fairly fast, obviously on maturity at the moment, but I come from a fast paced um, background. I work for a very large retailer in Ireland um, and I work in the marketing department. So okay. I've kind of come from a long kind of 45 hour work week. Um, very fast paced environment so settling into mater- maternity leave brilliantly But <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like for me this is relaxing compared to being in work so
1: let's talk about your your journey to motherhood so do you want to take us right back
2: yeah um I suppose like for me being a mom has really been the only thing like I've in my life I've done I've had a lot of accomplishments I managed to get through school okay and Went through college okay, worked full time in college and went to got my master's and stuff. But the only thing I've ever really, really wanted to be in life was a mom. Um and so that's really been my, you know, goal for as long as I, I can remember since I was a kid. And um but for for us, for our journey, it was important for me and Shane that we got married first. So I suppose our journey really started there. When we got married, um, after we got married, then we sort of started trying. But I would call it very casually, like we were, you know, if it happened, it happened, if it didn't happen, you know, and then I think after about two years, that's when we started, you know, alarm bells started going off because I was like, you know, come on here. Like, I, you know, there's some people I know sneeze and get pregnant, Mm. like, like, why is this not happening for us now? I will also say that we had a fairly good lifestyle of, you know, going to the pub and going to concerts, going out for the rugby or, you know, like I I hadn't at this point changed my lifestyle in any way to get pregnant either. So I hadn't even started looking at those things. And I think the biggest thing I suppose, as I've gone along is how you know much education I've gotten in terms of like getting pregnant, like there's so much information you need to know about how your body works Mm. and (laughs) if <laughs> your husband's body works and <laughs> how they work together and you know vitamins and hormones and um none of that had at this point factored into to our you know decision to have a family and Shane is a, um really really easy going he's like if we if we have a family we have a family if we don't it, you know we're still a family it's it's fine and he knew by me that I, it was really something I wanted and then in 2018 I kind of at that point then so got married in 2016 and then in 2018 I'd kind of said look this is ridiculous like so I ended up finding a um gynecologist and a woman who specialized in fertility in Newbridge mm-hmm. um and I went to her not really knowing you know and she obviously guided me to a doctor and she was a really nice lady she guided me through um bits and pieces asked me a lot about my health um and then kind of did the usual tests so she did my a full kind of blood workup, um, and I went through her a couple of times for scans, um, at various stages throughout the month to see how my cycle was doing. Um, I never had a really like what I thought was any issues with my cycle, but um, it always varied kind of from twenty eight days to thirty two. They they said that's completely normal, not to worry about it too much. Um, and when I went to this particular lady, um, you know the i'd say i'd been going to her because you have to do them over a couple you know you get your blood work up they look at that and then they might recommend something to you and then um she at the end of it she actually said you know what there's nothing wrong everything's fine you just need to keep trying and she'd also actually sent Shane for a semen analysis which i think is really important to mention because you know a lot of the time it's always the woman who's looking at herself but it could be something very small to do with the man and it was important that we looked at that and at the end of it anyway she said Shane was fine it was on a bit of the low side she said he could combat that by improving his lifestyle <laughs> so Shane's a smoker as well um can
1: I ask you a question did you yeah. feel when she said to you that you just need to keep trying how did you feel with that did you want something that was fixable Do you know as in yeah.
2: I like I'm gonna say that I'm very naive like I you know, I think I just walked out going, okay, everything's grand. Okay. I just need to, we need to just concentrate a bit more around our timing. And, you know, what? I was, I don't know. I just was very nice. Like, I suppose when you go for all those tests, you kind of want answers. Yeah. But I mean, if you don't, I mean, you're trusting in that person. And if they don't find anything, you have to go, okay, well, I need to, you know, take their word. And um, she did put me on Clomid for okay. a month. But I don't really know for what purpose one month would have done like. Um so anyway, yeah, like I suppose I suppose you're looking for a yes or a no where, yeah. oh look, we found something small. Yeah. Or we, yeah, like no, there wasn't really any answers. It was like you everything's fine, you need to just keep trying. Um so that's what we did. And like this went on then for another two years. Uh so at this point then I obviously got more into you know, did a bit more research on my side. So I was tracking all my days. I was using my tests. I was, you know, and like a, like becoming absolutely obsessed yeah. with trying to get my ovulation, <laughs> like to get that, you know, the little mark on your ovulation stick, like completely obsessed with like, and it takes a real, it takes a real toll on you because, not not that things stop being fun. That was really important for me and Shane that we didn't take all the fun out of being together because but I think at some point we probably, maybe did become a bit more routine for us because absolutely so hard to yeah like when when you're when you want a result at the end of it like you know oh is this going to be the time when we have our baby or is this you know like and then one another month comes and no it's not you not pregnant basically
1: and do you and find it that it just consumes your every your, your thoughts and you know you find every meal you have together you're talking about it it was that what it was like does it con- just consume your whole life
2: um at that point in our in our lives no we didn't because we were still kind of like okay everything's fine okay Let, you know you know let's try keep up beat but yeah. then kind of yeah after those two years I was just like this is ridiculous um so I ended up having a chat with my sister-in-law um and she does she's uh, does Reiki and um what's the other thing box I can never
3: remember, <laughs> can never remember.
2: The acupuncture no it's not acupuncture but it's like got pressure points um, oh Christ, I'll have to tell you again I can't remember but anyway she works in like holistic medicine okay. let's say under <laughs> so that bracket, really. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, um, and she recommended a lady in nace to me called uh Helen Thompson. Um and Helen does, she's a Chinese herbalist um and an acupuncturist. Okay. And she said, Look, have you have you tried anything in that route instead of going, you know, the med- traditional medicine route? And I said to her, like, no, not really. She's like, I, you know, I've had a she does Reiki and that. And she said, I've had a lot of clients who've come to me who've really been very successful so like I like would nothing to lose at this point so it's like right I'll go I'll go see Helen and I went to see Helen and um, she did she does like a massively in-depth analysis of your whole <laughs> your whole life of your whole health um you know your mental health your relationships um and it's a whole it's a whole collective it's she's not just focused on one mm. issue the fertility part she focuses on the whole, you know, whole being, which is kind of was quite refreshing. Yeah, and um, and so I started going to her for acupuncture, and then she'd recommended tons of different vitamins, medicinal mushrooms, tonics. I was on loads of stuff with her, but what was really interesting to me was she recommended that I go to the GP um, and um, in her practice who specializes in gynecology and fertility and stuff and they actually work in tandem. So you have like the herbal medicine, let's say, and then the traditional medicine. And they both work together. So um when I went to Helen, when I was in, I went in to see the doctor. And when I went into that appointment, she called Helen in and she kind oh, of
1: brilliant. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. So yeah.
2: I found that really like, oh, this isn't unheard of. Yeah. Yeah. And it was great. Um because you know like I suppose maybe in traditional medicine they you know practitioners mightn't be allowed to say that they believe in the herbal medicine or the spiritual side Mm. or whatever and I found like the acupuncture really good because like I said I worked in a really fast like I'd been out for stress quite a bit from work as well um especially working through the pandemic I just found that like stress was unreal working for a retailer during the pandemic um and uh I just found it really good that the acupuncture for just really like centering me mm. having me focus um and then so I went to to that uh doctor and then she did all the tests again and she, she kind of said to me oh like um you've high progesterone levels you did you know you had like your thyroid isn't working properly So she kind of found all these things that the other lady hadn't found. And she's like, no, there's definitely something wrong. She's like, you should be pregnant by now. You're you're not like, you can't be trying for a baby for four Four years. years, And and I found that really like, I was like, oh, thank God. Like someone's actually listening to me. Like I knew there was something wrong. Now there's not like, to be fair, our story and our journey isn't as difficult I would imagine as a lot of people, like we didn't have to go, we had it kind of next on the list, but we didn't have to go for IVF or, you know, there's journeys that are a lot more difficult. So we're very grateful that we didn't, you know, we did eventually conceive and kind of would adjust a small bit of help for medicine. But the amount, the length of time that it took for Mm. us to get to that stage, probably due to naivety on my side for not knowing enough about women's health and (laughs) reproductive organs. And, you know, I suppose I just wasn't educated about it properly and then just letting it go on for so long myself um and not maybe not believing in my own intuition to actually go and when I knew there was something wrong to follow up on it and just taking someone's word for it that everything was okay you know I should have listened to my gut and gone and chased on that a bit more um so yeah we I went to Efa and um she a couple of months put me she just wanted to try get my thyroid regulated first so she put me on um thyroid medication for a while um we did again various blood work um and then she did the scans and in the scans she actually found that my eggs although they were they just they weren't releasing Mm -hmm. so everything up through the whole cycle on paper looking at all the blood work and everything looks completely fine but unless she looked at the scan she she wouldn't you wouldn't have seen that the the eggs weren't releasing so everything looked perfectly Mm -hmm. normal and so like I was so relieved because she said to me she's when I went to that scan that day she said to me I guarantee you within two months you're going to be pregnant and then so that was kind of a bit of a shock then because we'd gone so long (laughs) without you know you're kind of like oh yeah sure yeah I believe you but you don't you know you're not really sure if you're going to believe them or not because you've gone for so long trying and not conceiving um it's very like I would say for anyone it's so disheartening like to go month after month Mm -hmm. without what like wanting to conceive and not conceiving um I think in in and it's I don't think the pandemic helped because I was quite I felt quite lonely during the pandemic but um you end up getting to a place where you don't and you don't mean to you know, be in that headspace, but you do get to a place where like, oh, that person's after getting pregnant. Yeah. Oh, you know, like, um, I can hear I can hear you word upstairs. Um, if you if you need to leg it up. Oh, no, no, Shane's up where I, I think she's actually playing, like I don't think she's oh, okay. <laughs> Um yeah, like you don't mean to or you know, I don't know what the right word is. It's not jealousy. Maybe it's
1: envy, envy yeah.
2: Yeah. Where you're looking at someone and as well like I always felt um you know after a while your friends family do know you're trying for a baby and then you become kind of like the person in the room who's trying for the baby who hasn't had oh god love her she hasn't had her baby yet or and that like for me that people don't mean to do everyone has best of intentions so they wouldn't ever you know do anything maliciously but you end up feeling like a bit of a not an outcast For that's kind of the way I felt for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a lot of people that I knew who'd got pregnant and were having babies. Um and someone in my family ended up um having a baby and you know, every time I walked in, they were like, Oh, you know, give her give the baby over to Ruth. let her hold it, you know, to make, you know, that was their way of making up for the fact I hadn't had a baby yet. Like mm. that and it's with the nicest of intentions, yeah. but it's just you're slowly internally like absolutely heartbroken <laughs> that this is happening, you know. and. Um, so I would say for anybody that's listening, like, I know you can't help getting into that frame of mind. Um, it is hard to just kind of keep above the water and keep yourself positive. Um, and that's where I really did felt, felt like the spiritual sort of part of acupuncture really helped me to to keep level-headed on, on the spiritual side and, not, and try not to get too down um, about it
1: all. Did you see, did you test every month or did you wait for your to see if your period came or what came.
2: so uh no I I didn't test because um like my doctor had actually said to me she said if you at the end like at the very beginning I wasn't really testing at all I was just waiting to see like I, I had it in my head you know you need to wait like at least four weeks before I just had it in my head you need to wait a long time before you test before you get your hopes up um And then probably in the last year before I had Izzy, I was testing only because the doctor said to me, just test in case, like mm. because my period wasn't, do you know, exact same time. She said, look, you know, the very early stages can be very similar to, you know, a period feeling, okay. the crampy. That there's no harm, just test. But it does, like, you know, you do get a bit pissed off, to be honest, mm. testing and then getting your periods the next day or the day after that. Um, so uh but I was very much on the ovulation track <laughs> with the tests like I was find them like uh like 90 like I just oh, I, I don't know how many of them I did um <laughs> so uh yeah so then uh, yeah yeah Ethan said to me I should gonna be pregnant in two months and then um literally after that on the third month then I got pregnant um the day that I found out I was pregnant was I was doing one of those tests where I felt my period was due and I felt a bit cramped and I was like right I'll just do a test like the doctor said blah blah and then I like it turned positive and I was I was like oh that's there's something wrong with this this is not it's not right like I like I didn't automatically go oh my god I'm pregnant I kind of went, oh no there's something wrong with this test I'll have to do another one so I did another one and then I did another one after that so I'd done three tests by the time I walked back into Shane and I was like I didn't even say anything. I just looked at him and I handed him the test. I think we were actually both, it's really bad. I think we are both actually going over, like mm. watching something on the telly. And he's like, oh, is that an ovulation test? And I was like, no, it's not. It's a pregnancy test. And he's like, no, it's not. I was like, no, it is. Like it. And he's like, no, no, we'll have to go get a proper test because they were just the red strip tests that showed the HD levels on them. Mm. It wasn't kind of like a blue, a blue test. So then I, I went he went off I think to walk the dog and I went up to the pharmacy and got the test so like I think I ended up doing seven tests in total pregnancy tests in total before I actually went okay I think I'm actually pregnant now and how um, did that feel was, oh my god it was absolutely surreal um it was absolutely surreal like I thought maybe I thought that I probably should have been a bit more oh my god like yeah I, it was completely real um I had some which is a bit sad uh a very close friend of mine had um, a stillbirth uh, not long before that. So in part, while well, I was like overjoyed. I was actually quite sad and felt a bit guilty too. I know it sounds ridiculous because I should have just in the moment been in my moment and enjoyed my moment. But I felt really sad and guilty that I was pregnant though, going to go through this journey and that person's after, you know, Losing their baby, like it was, I that I was very conflicted with that for a very long time. I don't I don't want to go into it too much because yeah. that's you know that's her story. Um, but I'd I i i would say up until the twelve week scan, I was very conflicted about how I felt because I felt so sad and guilty about being pregnant when she was after losing her baby. Um, so I worked. I had to work on that. I worked on that kind of um. Uh, during my acupuncture and um yeah to try stay focused yeah so I worked on that to just to try stay in the present moment uh to try enjoy it so we decided then when we just couldn't really we tried to keep it a secret but at that point by kind of like eight weeks nine weeks we just couldn't keep it to ourselves anymore so we decided at 10 weeks that we tell our family um and that that was probably the happiest part was yeah, okay. Like when I went up when we went to tell Shane's parents, because Shane's parents are quite elderly. Um, which is one of the reasons why we wanted to, you know, have um have kids is so that they, you know, that their his parents could meet their grandchildren because they're quite elderly and you know, it was really important to us that they be in their life. Um mm-hmm. and that was just brilliant. Like Shane's dad wouldn't like he was like, No, 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 like it can't be, and we're like, well, here's the scan. Like we have a scan. He's like, no, no, you made that up or something. That's <laughs> not. Right. I was like, <laughs> then like literally within twenty minutes, the whole family was there. You know, like uh-huh. everyone was having a drink and celebrating. Well, obviously everyone except for me <laughs> it was uh, there celebrating, and um yeah, it was a really nice feeling. um Everyone, like Shane's sisters, were all crying. Like it was, um, and then telling because I'm uh, an only girl so then telling my brothers was great like they were just like so mm-hmm. delighted and um, my mom and dad were just yeah absolutely over the moon Um couldn't believe it like I think my mom probably started like buying clothes straight away for the baby mm-hmm. even though we didn't know what we were having and um, yeah that feeling that really kind of kicked me into being in the present moment and trying to just focus solely on my journey like and and be happy and you know feel deserving of mm. what because I obviously after like five years of trying you're in shock but you actually at that point you need to know like okay I actually deserve this journey like I actually deserve to be on this journey um so like my pregnancy was pretty like um I was quite nauseous at the start probably fairly uh, i remember going into the midwife and being like is there anything you can do for the nausea and she just like laughed at me she's like no <laughs> There's, she's like you just need to make sure you eat um stay don't get too hungry like it's like how do i eat if i don't feel like if i feel like getting sick you know like um and that was in work like trying to sneak around in work like not you know gagging in everyone's face on <laughs> that
1: was dry crackers <laughs> <In the office. laughs>
2: yeah like uh, could you be any more obvious yeah
3: like,
2: um um, Where well, we went to the 12 week scan then. When, well, I, uh, during COVID as well, obviously, Shane Shane didn't get to go to any scans. Actually, sorry. I have to. That's not true. Well, we went in for the seven week scan. So we went in for a seven week scan just to get confirmation of the pregnancy. And um, my doctor, Aoife, was great. She's like, look, you know, you're not really supposed to have the dads in, but she said it's going to be very special. So if you both come in at the end of the day there's no other patients here Shane can come in to the scan with you um and I thought this was really thoughtful like um and Shane just was for someone who was kind of real casual about having kids like he started bawling when he saw the heartbeat and her the heartbeat and I like I was laughing because he was crying and um he was real concerned then, you know, like, oh, she, what, she like do anything? I was like, do I have to do more stuff at home? And he was like, yes, absolutely. I was,
1: staff, yeah.
2: <laughs> I was like, um, she said, what did she say? She's like, yeah, don't let her lift too much and don't let her hoover the stairs. Well, I was like, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I hate hoover the stairs. It was brilliant. And still to this day, that's like Shane hoovers the stairs. Uh-huh. I just gotten into the routine. That's so great. <laughs> um. So that was really good. Um, but aside from that, chain was only allowed into the 20-week scan. So all my scans, um, I went on my own. Um, and I did kind of, I don't know if you've heard of it before, you can do, so basically I paid a fee to my GP. They have all the equipment for scanning and I'd go to them every second week for a scan. And at the time as well, so the NACE clinic closed down mm-hmm. and they opened up <laughs> in the U.S. Um. So, which is handy for me because I worked in Tallis. So I was able to pop in there on the way to work, um, my work were great. They were like, you can go, you know, anytime you need to leave, anytime you need to go for scans. If you're not feeling well, just let us know you can work from home. Um, because at this point, I'd been in the office for the whole pandemic. I hadn't worked at home at all. and um, When the, most of the rest of the office were working from home. Um, so uh, they were great and very supportive in work. Um, and... I actually found the midwife clinics really nice. Like, um, I managed a couple of times to get the same couple of midwives, which is great. And then they opened up a small one in Newbridge at the just kind of towards the end of my pregnancy, which was brilliant because it was just like, I don't know, if it only, you were kind of only queuing at the post office, like there's only a couple of people in front of you. It was just really handy, <laughs> um, which made the whole experience a lot. I like I would get quite nervous, not nervous, but driving into city centre um, and trying to find parking around Toome like. Oh, just the stressful. Oh, I just did not like that part, but outside of that. Um yeah, fighting for a car park spaces outside the as smartphone. But anyway. Um
1: so out of my two children, Eva is naturally the most curious. She wants she's in at everything. She wants to see what's in every press. She wants to see how every toy works, is just into everything. And although it's it's just a new way of parenting that I didn't have with Oliver. I just had to be prepared for this child who needs constantly, who's stimulated constantly. So say hello to brain building with Pandacrate. It's exactly what I needed. It's a subscription service for Play Essentials designed just for babies and toddlers aged 0 to 24 months. It's created by Play Experts at KiwiCo in partnership with Seattle Children's Hospital. Pandacrate is thoughtfully designed with care to stimulate your baby's brain development through play. Panda Crate is a science-backed, research-based approach to play and recognises that there's more to babyhood than the milestones itself. So within the Panda Crate, there was lacing beads. So Eva can sit down and do something like a jigsaw, but she'll have it done really quickly. And she, with the lacing beads, it takes her just a couple of minutes and she has to use both hands so she can really explore each piece, thread the shapes onto a string and develop bilateral coordination really really handy and also there's a peg puzzle so it's another way to solve shapes and it's nice they're nice wooden robust toys they're easy to clean nice solid shapes and I find the other toys that you put for her anyway to put uh, say a block into something is far too easy so the peg puzzle was just really handy it challenged her a little bit more than the others Whether you're a first-time parent or not, Panda Crate provides a way to simplify the early years with just right products to support your baby's rapid development in the first two years of life. Countless errors go into creating the playthings in this box. KiwiCo designers ideate iterate and prototype test review and revise and then they do it all again so every material color angle and curve is a thoughtful choice designed to stimulate your baby's brain development through play and as i mentioned before you can really see that in especially with the pieces in the peg puzzle unlock brain building play and create a foundation for early learning with PandaCrate from kiwi Get 30% off your first month plus free shipping with code I-R-E, birth at KiwiCo.com. That's 30% off your first month at K-I-W-I-C-O.com with promo code I-R-E, birth. On to the rest of this week's episode.
2: Yeah, so the 20-week scan then was great. Um, at this point, we hadn't... Um, we weren't leaning towards finding out the gender or anything. So we both just, I wanted to actually find out. And then Shane said, no, he didn't want to. So I said, like, look, I can't take that away from you. If you don't want to find out, I won't find out either. Um, we weren't really leaning towards any particular gender. We were delighted. You know, when we did the scan, everything was um, great. Oh, the baby looked healthy and everything. But I kind of got a feeling that it might be a girl because you know, it could be totally off, off like wrong or now. But when she was kind of scanning around the tummy area, she stopped and asked me, did I want to know the gender? And I, like, in my head, I was going, oh, she's ovaries. Like, she's seen, that's what she's seen. That's okay. what me. So I kind of knew that from then on, I had the feeling that we were having a girl. And that kind of stuck with me then through the whole pregnancy. Um, And that scan was great. Um, And, yeah, like, it, the only kind of frightening part um, that I had was I... I think it was in around twenty four weeks, twenty five weeks. At that point, like from eighteen weeks, I was feeling great movement. It actually started, you know, feeling, and then by twenty four, twenty five, I had had great movement. But for a few days, I had no movement, and or just the movements maybe had just become quieter. I don't know whether I just got up in my head about it, um. So I had a bit of a you know fright there, but, um called the midwife and I got my scan and everything was fine I don't know why the baby was just it was really hot as well so I don't know why the baby's quieter because it was really hot weather (laughs) I don't know if that counts but um and then I had another kind of uh, episode about where I actually had uh, an ovarian cyst that I didn't know about that burst so that was actually quite painful um Again, I just went into the doctor. They did a scan, Um, but it was quite frustrating because when I rang the hospital, they kind of just said like, unless you're bleeding, you're not coming in. Like, there's no need to. Um, And I was like, well, I'm in horrific pain, so there has to be something wrong. Like, yeah, look, you just need to go to your GP unless you're bleeding. There's no real reason to come in here.
1: And how did you you... feel movement? Sorry, how did you know you had the cyst? Ready to pop the question.
2: so like i had suffered on and off from cysts but i didn't know like i i just knew i had a massive pain in my side yeah. and i didn't know until i went into the gp and she did the scan okay she was able to see that it had burst um which is funny because they never said you know like i don't know whether they can see it when they're doing the scans they never said during my pregnancy yeah. scans that i had cysts so maybe it wasn't a big one i don't know i i suffer from them on and off um that was a bit frightening, but up, like, literally, the pregnancy went really smoothly outside of that, Um, and then as the weeks kind of went on, I got more and more kind of embracing it and, you know, feeling that I really wanted, you know, this is my journey and meant for me, we got kind of a bump shoot done as well, Mm a photo shoot done, which was really important to me to kind of get photographs and um, we actually brought our, our dog along with us as well because he was our little baby upwards until that point so we wanted to make sure that we got a family photo with him um and then yeah so I I um went right up to my due date it was 15th of November um so obviously had gone in and went I got an appointment for my due date and obviously the baby hadn't come by then so they were booking me in for induction and um, so the induction was yeah two weeks later on the Thursday um but I had to go in on the Tuesday for the COVID test
1: okay okay sorry Can um, I just just bring you back a little bit had you yeah had you thought about your preferences up until that point and did you have a uh what did you had you visualized how you would like what your ideal birth would have been
2: yeah I had like I did the I actually had classes they were all online I yeah. actually found them really handy as I've been online um yeah, I had like, you know, I'm not going to say food issue, but I, I thought, you know, right, I'm going to have this really calming birth. Um, <laughs> I had like a birth plan done out of, you know, like, oh, I, do, I want this, but I don't want this. Or, you know, I'll, I'll take this if I've no other options. Um, I was very against getting pethidine after going, like after hearing all that, you know, side effects during the, the birthing classes um and yeah I very much um really encompassed kind of the spiritual side of the birth so I had created this whole playlist of songs I wanted um I c- packed crystals I'd actually packed pictures as well of my my two nannies um because they're you know I uh, visualized them as really strong women and I wanted them with me when I was given birth so I actually had photographs printed of them that I wanted to bring in and stick up on the wall I'd the you know the LED candles I had them as well like anything that they basically said in those workshops I, I had packed and ready to go and I had my birth plan ready to go as well and yeah like I anything I think my only preferences were just to make sure because of Covid like you know, like the fathers were, you know, you're hearing kind of stories that dads were being left out of decision-making and mm. moms were being on their own and they were given birth in the car park. And like, like I was really nervous that something would happen and that Shane wouldn't be informed or given, you know, the power to make decisions like he should have been given. And um, So that was really important to me and I had that all written down. Um, and yeah, I just... I as well I, I think I'd um, yeah like I don't know if you want I don't know if I could say Fanny on your podcast. Yeah, fanny say whatever you want. I had, I had uh, there's this girl on Instagram that I was followed and her motto was floppy face.
1: The floppy naked fanny. doula yeah, yeah yeah
2: yeah and oh god that was so funny like and I had that like it, that was my motto I was going to go in and that was going to be my motto well Let me tell you, my face was not. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, I was not. I was in so much pain that yeah, that went out the window. Um, yeah, like uh, I, I knew, I kind of had a feeling that I was. And Shane actually said to me, he's like, I think you're gonna, you're gonna have the baby in the next few days. You're not gonna need to be induced. Um. I kind of hadn't really, you know, for induction, I hadn't thought too much about that. I'd read over, you know, any of the information they gave me and all, but I didn't want to go so far into it that I couldn't visualise having just a natural birth. Mm-hmm. So I kind of said to myself, right, if I get to induction, I'll worry about that when the time comes, but I'm not going to worry about being induced unless I'm there on the day going in to be induced. So I didn't really think too much about preferences for that, Um and I think probably myself at that point, if I had, of I would have just said, yeah, let's just do it, like let's just get this baby out, yeah. because I was feeling fairly full at that point. Like, no, I don't know if you remember the it was the week that they had, was it like a truck protest or a tractor protest on the end seven? Due on the end yeah,
1: seven, yeah, yeah.
2: And I said, Shane, I was like, I bet you I'm going to get stuck in that. Like, I bet you anything, we're going to be go- trying to go to the hospital and we're going to be stuck in that. So that was due on the Wednesday. <laughs> and we were due up for the cold test on a Tuesday and then luckily Shane's brother has a house in Inchcore which is literally five minutes from the coom and he was away for the week so we rang him and said is it okay if we just stay there because we're terrified that I'm going to go into labour and get stuck in the motor <laughs> uh, which is great that we decided that because if I we hadn't decided that we actually literally would have been given birth in the middle of the n 7 because it was exactly at the time they were doing the protests and I had Izzy so <laughs> um yeah it would have been an absolute nightmare but anyway um yeah so I went up for the, the COVID test and that that morning I kind of I'd had a a really bizarre dream um I woke up in my sleep crying and Shane was like you're near. you're going to be giving birth soon and I, I was like how do you know and he's just like just you're just you're crying in your sleep like there's something there's emotions happening here you're going to be giving birth soon like and um, so to be fair to me I wasn't too far wrong so I started kind of getting small just I'd call them aches not they weren't painful just aches like little cramps and I said it to the girl when I went in for my COVID test that morning I said to her look I I'm getting a couple of pain like not pains but I'm just you know, little aches or whatever, should I go in and get checked out? And she said to me, look, you could be sitting in there for hours. Mm -hmm. Like you could be, they might bring you in they might send you home. She said, you're better off if you are feeling that, just go home, get settled and just wait to go into labor. Like don't, you know, it was good advice to be fair because I could have ended up sitting there for hours waiting to be seen and then they would have just sent me home anyway.
1: And did you Um, feel excited when she said that? Like, did you feel ready to go home and kind of wait for things to happen?
2: Like I, I don't know. No, to be honest, like I don't know how to describe it. But I, I'm the kind of person who doesn't get excited about things until they're happening. Yeah. So like, if I'm going on holidays, I'm not. Ha- I'm not getting excited until like the plane is touching down in Spain. Okay, like, that, that's <laughs> like I don't do. Like I try not to do. I'd say I was anxious, maybe, um, and I, like. <sighs> being a first time mom not knowing what to expect like you're you're also like well I was anyway I was full of kind of questions about am I is this the right thing should I listen to her or should I just go in or you know you're waiting for someone to really like I really just want someone to tell me what to do and there wasn't really anyone who could tell me what to do only myself like um you know, everyone had the same answer. If you if you feel like you're uncomfortable, go in and get checked out. Like, you know, nobody could tell me what to do. I had to make the decision for myself, but it didn't make me any less apprehensive about whether I was doing the right or wrong thing. Um, But I was happy enough to be able to just go home and sit down and know that I was only a few minutes from the hospital. That was more confident than worrying about being in the tractor protests and still being in Kildare, going into labour. So... <laughs> um so yeah we went home to um shane's brothers and shane like at this point like shane for the, w- the week and a half before shane had been literally been walking the legs off me like trying to find speed bumps like driving over them as quick as you like literally doing going driving all the backcountry roads in there to try to get me to go into labour like you had been doing everything he could um so he ended up walking like walking the legs off me around in Chicago, um we got a takeaway then that night and I was like, right, I'm not doing anymore. I'm sitting down watching telly. And then about nine o'clock that night, I started getting pains, proper pains. Um, And all I'd say is you just really don't, you don't know what to expect until it's happening yet. Like, no one can describe it, I don't think. Um, And so it was about nine o'clock that night and they gradually started getting, I actually told Shane, I was like, do you want to go to sleep now? Because you're after being up for like last how many hours and you're going to be awake for a lot longer so do you want to go for a kick like so he went to sleep for I think two or three hours um and my contractions then start to gradually get more intense and more intense um I had a tens machine as well which I like at the start when I started using it, I hated it. But then kind of as they started getting more and more tense, I was grateful that I had it. I found it was good, a good distraction. Um, and yeah, all I can say is the poor neighbours probably didn't know what was going on in Declan's house because I was wailing, like absolutely wailing my heart out. Um, so I managed to keep going until we rang Akuma at two o'clock in the morning. So it was nine o'clock, yeah, till two o'clock. And they just said just keep going until you know you're a couple of minutes apart your contractions are three minutes apart and then maybe you can come into us so like by half three that morning I was like I can't take this anymore I need to just get some because they kept telling me to take paracetamol and I was like fuck, a it's not going to do anything for me now like,
3: <laughs> I think we all have that reaction box. you're like <laughs>
1: what why? why
2: yeah like do you know what I mean like unless I ate the whole box in one go there was nothing yeah. that paracetamol was going to do for me like whatever so I didn't even I didn't take it because I was like that's not gonna work it's not gonna help me um yeah so we packed up um I went I went to the toilet a good few times as I well before I left because I was just yeah I just was like no I don't want to be doing that when I'm in there but like as if like you have to go you have to go so yeah. <laughs> um and I went so I went in um and that was grand and I got there and so they kind of brought me into I, I can't remember the name, of, but they brought me into the first kind of check-in area, and um, where they do kind of your initial assessment or whatever. And the girl there, um, so at this point, like I'm every two and a half to three minutes. Okay, I'm having real contractions, and um, the girl there, so she assessed me and she said, "Look, you're actually only two centimeters dilated." <laughs> so I was like, "Okay, grand." She's like, "I." A kind of fibbed and said to her, look, we're after driving all the way from Kildare, I, you know, she's like, look, you don't need to. I was like, I don't particularly want to drive back and then have to come back and you know, maybe an hour's time, half an hour's time, who knows how long time. So she's like, no, no, you're grand. What we'll do is we'll bring you in, we'll bring you to um a ward and we'll give you pethidine and that will help you go to sleep. Right. So this like petidine was the only thing that I did not want to get in my birth plan. <laughs> and I was like, Grant yeah that sounds great yeah I'll take that grant um I did say to her I was a bit concerned is it going to make me drowsy and she's like but she kind of she's like you want to kind of if you want to get a rest it'll you know it'll work well for you so Shane had to go back out to the car then because he wasn't allowed into this part so she said once I got to the three sent me resiolate. then I could go into the labor ward and uh so she she said she hoped it wouldn't be too long, but they didn't know, obviously. So I got brought into this ward. It was pitch pitch dark. Um, there was a load of girls in there, and they were all fast asleep, and I was put down the end. That was fine. They kind of checked me, blah, blah, gave me my little shot of and I was snoozing away. I went to land and nod. Couldn't feel the thing. It was brilliant. And then about an hour and a half later, maybe two hours later, I woke up, and I was, like, pushing, pushing i was in i got such a fright because obviously well it was painful and secondly i was in the pitch black i kind of almost forgot what was happening for a second um so i i could feel like this big gush as well between my legs and i was trying to reach around for the nurse's button so i couldn't see anything so i ended up getting my phone my torch out like you know checking myself slamming the nurse's button um and she came the midwife came into me then and um so basically, my mucus plug literally just came out in one go. <laughs> like, just completely came out. And uh, she said to me, look, I'm just going to check, see how far you're dilating now because you probably obviously need to go into the... Um, so my waters hadn't bro- broken or anything. It was just mu- mucus plug passed. And uh, she said, you might have to go into the delivery suite. Uh, or not delivery suite, the labour suite. So that was grand. So then she did... Um, she checked me and all. She's like, okay, I can't find your cervix, so you're going to have to go down to the delivery suite now. So like at that point, I was like, I, what do you mean? Like I'm having my baby now. Like, so I've only been here. Cause I expected in my head, I was like, Oh, I'm going to be there for hours and hours and hours. Like, you know, a kind of the, the myth of, Oh, your first time yeah. home, you're going to be there. You're going to be there. like, whatever. That didn't happen to me. <laughs> um, so yeah, they like launched me into a, a wheelchair told me to they were like ring your husband now like tell him to come in now um they were booted it down the corridor with me so I went straight into the delivery suite and the head midwife was there
4: and were you still pushing did you so, still
2: have
1: the urge to push yeah. yeah okay
2: yeah um so like at this point I could only describe my noises as something close to like a cow giving birth or oh, I don't know like yeah you know do you know like when someone says oh can you do you remember what sound made when you were giving birth like I'm like I can't replicate that sound now like it I don't even know what noise I was making I presumed I woke up the whole hospital as well because I was squealing like um yeah so the I so they gave me gas when I went in then so I kind of was getting a bit of relief out of that um poor Shane came in and he had the bag you know he had the labour bag with all the crystals and the birth plan and I was like we don't need that anymore I'm having the baby now leave them over there he was just like he's got a fright yeah yeah absolutely got an absolute fright um because it kind of took him maybe 10 minutes then to get in and like at this point they were saying to me they had checked they put them on they put the monitor around baby they were saying look your baby's getting a bit distressed um they had to break my waters because themselves because they, they didn't break themselves and like at this point i could hear the midwife calling for the surgeons to come up um and then they kind of all arrived within a minute or two of shane shane coming in so shane just got an absolute fright like and obviously seeing me in it's like he i i'm touch wood luckily i've never broken a bone i've never even if i am in a bit of pain i wouldn't really complain about it much he's never seen me in pain so he literally was bawling like because he just
1: the shock last well,
2: yeah. yeah and i was there and i was on gas there and, and i was obviously a bit like a loopy or whatever and i was saying to him don't be crying you're going to be grand like and i'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pushing the beat you know, and i said to him he's got to be grand um But yeah, he did, he got an awful fright. And um yeah, so they they called for the surgeons to come down. And luckily I actually, thank God, recognised one of the surgeons and it was because I'd see he was a junior doctor and I'd seen him in my some of my appointments and I was so thrilled to see somebody I knew because I had I couldn't communicate properly, I just couldn't talk. I when they were asking me to do something or if I was okay, I was nodding, I wasn't like speaking. And I was nodding, and then I was looking at Shane, and then I was nodding again. I couldn't verbalise anything. I was either screaming my head off or taking breaths, basically one or the other. Um, so they tried the the kiwi vacuum on Izzy because you know the suction cup because they just couldn't get. Her, I couldn't get her out. Like I tried to push her, out, and I just she was stuck, and I couldn't get her out. So um, then they ended up. Um, ask me then or well just saying but ask me but I'd say I don't know if I even remember giving information they just said to me they needed to do an episiotomy because she was getting more distressed and they needed to get her out so um they obviously know me and then they did that and then I just I pushed her I was pushing her and pushing her and then um eventually she came out <laughs> so they had to do the suction cup on her three times so um they had rang as well by that stage they had actually rang them to prepare the theatre because I don't know if they thought that I couldn't get her out or not Um, and yeah then she came out and like I was exhausted I just lay back and Shane actually had to push my head forward and he's like look at the baby look at the baby It's <laughs> like oh god we have a baby now great <laughs> I could I just I think it was just either the pet, I was a bit loopy maybe or or maybe it was the gas and air I was a bit loopy from that
1: and how did you feel um, throughout all of that because it sounds like it was a really busy environment it could have turned stressful so how did you feel did you feel fearful or
2: uh, yeah like I I still would say that I when I think about you know um you had said like oh, preferences of birth birthing and visualizing birthing. I didn't expect that to be, mm. you know, I knew it could happen, but I didn't, I knew exactly what was happening when they said, oh, we're, we're using the suction cup or we're, we're going to give you an, an episiotomy. I knew what all that meant, but there was literally like one midwife. I had one midwife on each leg holding my legs open. I had one on my arm, I had Shane on my other arm. I had two surgeons, another midwife standing in the back. Mm. Like I was yeah I was frightened I would say truly frightened like and like I never I've never been in the hospital for any reason before so this the whole clinical hospital environment was completely new to me as well um I would say that I still probably am slightly traumatized like by the, (laughs) the whole thing it'll take me a while to get over it like um I like I would uh would love another child but when I think about that birth at the moment, I don't want to have another child because of that. But I'm hoping that I'll be able to work through that at some point, you know. Um. So, yeah, it was, it was, it was frightening. Um, I think just the volume of people in the room mm-hmm. as well. Like even Shane said at what point he was just absolutely shitting himself. Like, cause he was like, why are all these people here? Like... He just expect there to be one midwife like i don't know they may be like you see on the tellies i don't think he was really paying attention when he said he was in the broken glasses. but anyway um it was too easy when they were on zoom everyone was sitting on their couches and in their dressing no gowns <laughs> <way. laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah there was one couple i remember when I, at the class and they were actually sitting in bed like no way I was just like I'd gotten up and gotten dressed and put a bit of makeup and all on, you know, in case I have to talk on camera and everything. This couple are just happy I was sitting in their bed. Like, I was like, love it. Yeah, love yeah. It.
1: <laughs> um, tell uh, me, was Izzy um, whipped off to be checked afterwards? Was she brought over or was she up onto your chest?
2: Um, so they showed her to me first. Um, and then they, um, she didn't get go onto my chest straight away. She, They took her off to the side um, to do all their checks. So another, another girl came in. A different midwife, I think, came in and she did all the checks. I think because they did the, you know, the suction cup that they wanted to check that her, their head, her head, and everything was okay. Um, she lit. She didn't really cry. Like she kind of, she kind of a little meh. And then that was it. Like there was no big like, you know, that you see in the movies. Mm-hmm. Like it was just a meh. I'm here. Um, and then she was just sitting there, looking around her and taking everything in, and like she's still to this day it's the most chilled out baby. Like she just is so chilled out. Like she just does things her own way in her own time. And she's still exactly the same. Um and then so at that point then I had to um obviously deliver the placenta. So um while I was doing that then that's when they were doing all the checks and stuff. But like in total I I was only in the delivery suite. Like I was only in you know active pushing labor for half an hour like so they um the doctor said to me like oh we got a bit of a fright like because we didn't expect you to be in here yet I was like you got a fright, got a fright why are you talking? <laughs> like yeah so um then they brought her over from they kind of like so I said to Shane because Shane was beside me I said go over to the baby I don't need I don't want you to be here with me just go over and check her and see if she's okay and he did he went over and stood with her and um you know they put her little hat on and um put on her little nappy and stuff and uh Shane got a bit of a fright because she'd a bit of, like she was actually a lot cleaner than other babies came out. But she had a little bit of blood on her and stuff. Um, and then they brought her over put her on my chest um, as they were doing my stitches. So I had a good bit of time with her then on my chest as they were doing the stitches. Um, and I like as soon as Shane brought her over, I just started bawling and crying. Mm. I just I was so relieved and delighted, and I was like, I knew she'd be a girl. Mm. I knew it. I I was so delighted. I don't know why I just kept saying, She's so pretty. She's so pretty. I can't believe she's here. She's so pretty. And the midwives were like smiling at us and cause Shane was crying as well. And we we're all just three of us we were just like hugging each other. Well, Izzy was like there, but we were hugging her and <laughs> um yeah, so they took them yeah, we had a good bit of time with her on my chest. Um and then yeah, then they were stitching me up for a good while after that. So I'd say they were probably stitching me for about forty minutes. Um, and then I gave her first little bottle. So, um, I did like, like did it, it's everybody's individual choice and, you know, their, everyone's journey is different. I, for me, um, breastfeeding wasn't going to be my journey. Um, it's, I, I did educate myself in terms of, you know, what I needed to do to do it and the benefits of it. And it's just something that, emotionally I didn't feel that I could commit to um and um, so I chose not to uh, breastfeed and um, so I was able to give her, her first little ball then and um then I passed her over to Shane to have some cuddles while I ate my toast
1: and did he just get so, to skin
2: yeah um he didn't do I did skin to skin Shane didn't do skin to skin I don't know why I don't know why. maybe we just didn't think of it now we did when we got back to the when we got back to the ward, um I said to him, "Oh, you're supposed to put her on your chest, Jane. He was like, "Well, I'm supposed to put her on it' only you were supposed to and I was like, no, no, Dad is supposed to do it as well. So he did it then, um, but, yeah, um that was great. like i i I was so happy, but I think the thing that stands out to me the most is I've never seen Jane that happy. like legitimately never seen him look at anybody or. His face, his whole eyes, everything were just he was just ecstatic. I've never seen him like that. I was brilliant, like and that's something that I'll never forget that look he had when he was holding her. Um he just absolutely adores her. Like for, for you know, I did be laughing. I was like, just yes, for someone who didn't, you know, we weren't sure about having kids. And he said that. He said, I never you know, just my lifestyle or whatever, um I never thought I would maybe he didn't think he deserved it, but he he just like never thought he would have kids and he absolutely idolizes her like he just is brilliant
1: and you know when he walks in the door from work does he just see past you and see is he
2: because <laughs> I'm the last one to get acknowledged well, now she, yeah pretty much after the dog as well she um <laughs> the dog gets the all first uh she but she just dumps me as soon oh, as, does she? as well. it's not even just him he's just like yeah I know I spent all day with you but like here's that bye <laughs> like yeah her face the arms go uh, and the face is on, up. yeah the legs are kicking as soon as she sees him and yeah just like unbelievable uh it's great though it's such a nice feeling you know like I knew like I knew already that I love Shane but I love him even more now because of how much he loves her uh, like it's unbelievable the bond they have it's great um yeah so that was the birth <laughs> I would say that I uh, I afterwards in the ward and everything um that was obviously a new environment to me as well I'd never really been in a, a maternity ward before um and um, that was great now there was a lot of nice um, mums there that were, you know they come over and chat to you and show them your baby and they show you your theirs and there was little twins across from those teeny little twins um but unfortunately, because Izzy had the suction cup, they ended up um, so they had to take her off to get her blood done. Um and they weren't happy with her blood work. So she ended up having to go up into the NICU. Okay.
1: Um.
2: So I got the first um. I got the first night with her, and then the second night, and um, when they did the blood work, so they'd done the blood work, and then the second night they weren't happy. Second day they weren't happy with it, so they brought her up into NICU. So her blood levels had dropped. I think they were worried about her having to bleed because of the, you know, bleed on the brain because of the suction cup. So um she was up there. Uh So, like, I was able to go up and sit with her for as long as I wanted, whenever I wanted. Um, I was quite... The midwives up there were so just so lovely. There was a lady there called Liz, and it was literally like you were leaving your baby with your mum. Like, you mm-hmm. just... She was just great. Like I just felt so when I was going down to bed that night. I just said oh, I feel so comfortable just leaving her there with her because she's just so loving and real mammy. And um, thank God, like she was only she was up there for two days and she wasn't there for any longer. But um, anybody who has their babies in the NICU, the midwives there are just amazing. And your baby, when you're not there, is getting loved as much as it can because those midwives certainly love the babies. You can see them talking to them and singing to them and feeding them and it's a really nice environment um but it actually gave me an, uh, an opportunity to have a bit of a rest um so I was able to have a, a decent sleep on the second day so um I was feeling pretty good by the second day um but I didn't actually get out for three days um because of Izzy like they just weren't happy to until her bloods came back and they weren't happy to interact out so I took ages as well with COVID. The hospital was kind of split into two. There was kind of a COVID section and a normal section. And um, there was a conference or something, on. there was only one surgeon on. So, like, I couldn't be discharged. My stitches had to be checked, and I couldn't be discharged until the surgeon checked them. So, we we waited, I think, for how long was it? Eight hours? But, yeah. Like, it was the whole next day we waited. Right, right, I came up. With those. Yeah. yes about six or seven hours we wait just for the surgeon to come down to say we could leave so um but it was fine it was grand. the food was really good can't complain
1: well thank you um, that was that was uh that was lovely it was I think it's gonna be an important episode for people because there's so many people asking for the other side of pregnancy and birth of people who struggle to conceive because as you said there's so many people who actually do struggle but just don't feel they're comfortable to talk about
2: it yeah it's like I struggled and I'd say the more you know as the years went on the more I talked about it the more people actually I found out were struggling too and it's a lot more common than you think um and I just say to anybody who is struggling to just you know find that place in yourself where you can trust that this is the journey that you're supposed to be on um, it's really hard at the time, you know, when your mind just ramble to those darker places and you go to those envious places and you know, go to the the, the the part where you're kind of asking, you know, I remember sitting having a conversation with God and asking him, why am I, why won't you let me have a baby? Like, what, what have I done that I deserve this, that everyone I know can have one and I can't? Like, you go to those real deep, dark places, but um, I think you have to trust at some point you have to just surrender and trust that that's the journey that you're meant to be on and like I said our although it took us a long time our journey wasn't as difficult as it could be and there are a lot of couples, couples who are struggling a lot more than what we did so we are you know it makes actually we're so super grateful for that as well um that we didn't have to go through as much you know or and the costs and everything for couples that they're occurring in death for IVF and stuff like it's just but there's so many people now that I've since you know like I said like I've spoken to people in work that I didn't realize um I think when you go start going on the pregnancy journey um if you're comfortable enough to talk you will find you know people that you can chat with and you will find other people who are on the same path as you um, And I just, like, I hope that um, the story or and telling my story um, that someone will, you know, might feel a bit more positive at the end of it and know that, you know, that they can keep going and keep trying and don't, and and try not to get disheartened is really what I'm trying to say. It's hard not to be.
1: Yeah, thank you. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you would like to share your story, you're more than welcome to. You can get a touch over the website, which I've linked in the show notes, irelandsbirthstories.ie. Click on the share your story tab, pop in a few details and I will get back to you as soon as possible. I promise I will get back to you this week with a recording date. As I know, there's a bit of a backlog um, in response and getting back to emails but I, yeah, I'll get back to you this week. I hope you all have a good week and I will chat to you on Monday with another new episode.